Welcome to Graphic Policy Radio, the show that mixes politics and comics. This is the show for folks who can actually answer a yes or no question about discrimination. Tonight, <laughs> we're going pop. <laughs> Thanks. That, that, that's approach. how you know this is, not the, this is not the show for Indiana Governor Mike Pence, because he, he cannot do that. <laughs> yes, so. absolutely. The most painful interview I've ever watched, or one of the most painful. Uh, for the duration of it, I briefly had respect for George Stephanopoulos. Oh, absolutely. I think it was the first time in uh, in a long, long time that a Sunday morning host has actually put their guest in uh, under fire and actually followed up with intelligent questions and called them on their shit. I guess we should explain what we're talking about. So yeah. I'll stop oh, on that. that. <laughs> I was about to do a Chuck Todd slam, but that's all I think. Uh, Tonight we've got a, a potluck of a uh, hodgepodge of news coverage, reviews, and uh, a whole bunch more. Uh, we're going to be talking about the religious whatever SB 101 um, legislation in Indiana with um, uh, the convention Gen Con. We're going to talk news that have come out of Emerald City Comic Con. Um, we haven't discussed it yet, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Batgirl cover controversy and also the comics that we've enjoyed ended on a positive note. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Alana. How you doing? Great, great. Um, we were just talking about an interview that you can see a link to on Graphic Policy Radio's blog. Thank you, Brett. Um, where the, the governor of Indiana um, goes to comical lengths to avoid answering the question over whether or not the new law in Indiana that will allow companies to discriminate based and people to discriminate based on their quote deeply held religious beliefs unquote um, would it mean that like a, a business could refuse service to gay people and Pence um, just wouldn't answer that question and he also wouldn't say they would change the law to forbid discrimination against LGBT people because they're not a protected class in Indiana right now. Um, and um, this this week has been uh, one one of the nice things in our industry, in the comics industry has been how many how immediately when news of this bill came out it seemed well you know maybe it wasn't immediate but it seemed pretty immediate uh, one of the biggest geek conferences and most storied geek conferences in the world um, spoke out and said that they don't want to do the convention in a state where their attendees could be discriminated against. Yes. Yeah, so um, it, Gen Con, so for those who don't know, Gen Con's a, a convention that's been around uh, since the 60s, I think. I think 68 was the first year. Um, it's primarily a game convention. It was started by Gary Gygax, the like creator of Dungeons & Dragons. Um, I had gone to it since uh, when I was in college, so it's, you know, it was 15, 16 years ago was my first one, um, and I've been to probably about eight of them total um it's four days of gaming it's a massive convention something like 120 130,000 turnstile 60,000 actual individuals um all about gaming but there is a solid comic contingent um there are some comic creators there not tons of them but it's ever growing once they you know have figured out that they can make a shit ton of money um of course tons of games based off of comic properties uh so this legislation was out uh, put up and went through committee. It passed the, I think, House and the Senate. It was before the governor and Gen Con spoke up and was like, do not sign this legislation. 
Um, we will greatly rethink uh, our future in the state of Indiana and uh, and kind of threw the, the gauntlet down. And they weren't the only ones, Salesforce, um, at Annie, what, uh, what is the Annie? Um, I'm totally blanking on what it's called. Angie's, Angie's, Angie's List. Yeah, Angie's List. Um, just a lot of different organizations, companies all kind of were like, don't do this. So the governor signed it and immediately all hell broke loose, basically. So Gen Con is uh, contractually obligated to be in uh, Indiana until 2020, but they've made it clear that um, with this legislation there, they're not too happy and will probably be looking elsewhere. Everyone else thought that was a pretty weak statement, and I'm kind of in that camp a little bit, but I understand there's legal obligations. However, today, Gen Con threw out a massive gauntlet. Um, they said they spoke directly to the governor, and are not convinced uh, when he says that this isn't about LGBT discrimination. And um, they are working closely with the Republican mayor of Indianapolis, so I have to give that guy credit um, that this isn't quite Republican-Democrat down the thing, uh, down the line, uh, to make sure that attendees to the convention won't be discriminated against. They also said that they are halting any expansion of the, the convention um, going forward, which is huge because they're kind of running out of space and, and need to expand. And um, yeah, so the convention brings about $50 million to the city of Indianapolis and state of Indiana, uh, which is a pretty huge chunk of change. It's the largest convention in the state every single year. Um, and I think one of the highest grossing things behind the Indianapolis 500 uh, for that state. So it's a big deal, but they uh, not only said that they are halting expansion, have also give a giant middle finger and are rallying, rallying their members to reach out to the governor and reach out to the state reps to get them to amend the legislation uh, so that it is clear that it is not discriminatory against anyone. Yeah. So, <laughs> very, very long winded story. But hopefully now folks are in the know. Um, yeah, I, I was excited to see that Gen Con told them, no, your answer is unacceptable. It's really beautiful watching these assholes squirm. I, you know, there's there's such a weight behind what he's saying that makes you see that he even he knows that, like, history is not on his side and that he's going to look like, he looks bad and that he looks bad, but he just won't. He won't. He won't change what he's going to do. I, I think that um, it's. I can't really predict what the final outcome of, of this is going to be politically. I don't know politics in in that state at all. But um, I, all of the people who are supporting that law, that that who are actual elected officials as opposed to like anti-gay activists, look really pained talking about it. And I think that's interesting. We're, we're really making their lives miserable. So I think the question is, you know, on a lot of progressive movement conversations are like, this is the time where you boycott Indiana or just like cut off people who are there, who are queer, who are being oppressed, like from having other, you know, opportunities um, and for people to, to see that there's another way of interacting with others. But I, I do think there's an opportunity to a boycott. I don't think that there's... um. I don't think that people are going to be like more isolated because there's a boycott. I think that there's demonstrably 
an economic impact that will really make both halves of the Republican Party fight it off between themselves. And um, it's interesting to see how they handle it. But they're not going to come out yeah. on top in the end. They're going to freaking lose. Well, interesting is, so one of their moves that Gen Con's doing, um, and it's kind of awesome to see it, like, you know, in a way, this is a way of Citizens United actually being used for good. You've got a corporation, like, throwing their weight mission and could really uh-huh. cause some massive fucking issues for these people. Um, yeah. So, yay, it actually worked for us, sort of, kind of. So, um, they, yeah, they are yeah. Working I mean, with, go ahead. Well, so, so was the they're working with the, the mayor of uh, Indianapolis that the mayor is going to expand a um, law, local law about discrimination and, and uh, make sure that LGBT and, and gender is covered under it so that uh, if you're within the city of Indianapolis, um, you really can't have no excuse to uh, to discriminate any, against anyone. And I, I will say for the times I've been there, um, city of Indianapolis is fantastic. Like, I've never had an issue. They're always great, um, except Colt fans. They're a bunch of dicks. Um, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, the, the Colt game and Gen Con kind of uh, crashed last year. <laughs> it was an interesting combination. <laughs> um, but uh, so the mayor and like the city is working. I mean, I keep on saying to folks, is like the, out of everyone when it comes to elected officials, the mayor of Indianapolis is the one that's going to get screwed because of this because that's yeah. a major city and that's the one that's going to lose all the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's true. And usually the cities have the more progressive laws and the progressive electorate who are the ones who don't want something like this to happen. They want to have, you know, inclusive policies. But, you know, what's interesting is I used to um, I used to work for a union that represented hotel workers. And there are, it, you know, there are, are some ways in which, you know, you can get a lot of people to say, yes, we're going to go and join in a, in a boycott. Um, but I would be curious to see, like, if there was a comic convention that was happening in a city where... Uh, hotel workers were on strike or there was a boycott against um, a hotel because they were really hurting their workers, um, you know, what? how would the gay community respond? Would the gay community support struggling workers in, in a conflict well, like that? I don't know. I don't know if you've seen, I don't know if you've seen that happen that I know of. Have, have you? So- well, so not specifically when it comes to worker rights and, like, labor. Um, the one thing that I've covered was 2010, and we covered it on the site, and it was, there was the, the Arizona Comic-Con. So 2020 in Arizona had the the immigration legislation. Yes, and, yes. And the papers. So 2010, that happened. And then in 2010, um, I'm not going to mention the name because I think I'm not right as to who runs it, so I don't want to, you know, malign anyone. But a convention was announced for the Arizona Comic-Con that was starting in 2011 in that January, so they announced it the year before. Um, and I called it and said, you know... Hello? 
I think we lost Brett for a second. Um, but Brett, Am I back? I, yeah. yeah, I think you're coming in and out. But thank you for reminding me that absolutely when it comes to Arizona, you know, they had a law that basically meant the cops at any time could demand you show your, your, you know, your papers. And, of course, they were only going to do that to Latinos because that's why the law was created, was to discriminate against Latinos and, um, you know, made the state a very dangerous place for people to be. Uh, and it's still an ongoing problem there. For a long time, there was a boycott against the state because, we didn't, it was, it's not right that people who look like me can go there and not get harassed by the police, but people who look like my coworkers and my neighbors can't go there safely. Um, and so there definitely is a, you know, a controversy around like, would you, you know, whether or not you're going to go to Arizona. Um, so thank, thank you for reminding me about that. Um, yeah. So yeah, so you asked them, you asked them what, yeah, what yeah, they were, what, about that. Yeah, we threw it out there, and right now, the I mean, the, no one was willing to, to stand up and say we're not going. Everyone went to the uh, went to the convention and, and had no issues with that. And the other is there is a common convention in uh-huh. Indianapolis. Awesome Con is doing their uh, – just started this year, so they'll have a second convention next year potentially. So I put it out to them whether or not they will uh, change plans. Okay. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, I'm. I'm here. I'm still oh, having. Issues. So, do you feel like do you feel like a like a boycott is the right approach to take? Yeah. Well, so Gen Con is an issue with this year in that hotels are already booked, so you would be losing all your money for hotel. Uh, so in yeah. which case. For us, like we already are booked, and we've got you know twelve hundred dollars in our hotel, um, so we're kind of like locked in. I will probably rethink next year, but this year is already kind of planned out, which sucks. But then again, I think a good year to go to actually cover what the hell. What happened? Yeah. Plus, yeah. I'm gonna think I'm gonna make an awesome shirt that says "fuck SB one hundred one," and then have uh, a D twenty. Um, Worked in somewhere. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um. So yeah, I'm just happy that so many people in the geek community have come out about this like immediately, you know, and that that implication was immediately considered. And, and I just hope that uh, in situations like the one in Arizona, and when it comes to you know workers' strikes and things like that, that those will be will also be taken seriously by people in the geek community. Yeah, I mean, it'll, uh, it'll be interesting. I, I, I mean, who knows how people will react. And um, the, other, the only other thing that's really come out of it is Dragon Con has stood up, and there's a similar legislation in Georgia, and they're going to do what they can to try to stop it. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's, it's a very, very fascinating thing. From what I have told, uh, or what I've did some little Facebook digging, and for people who like Gen Con, um, it's about 10% of those individuals say they have a interest in people of the same sex. Oh, this this is classic Brett. By the way, he is like <laughs> the guy on looking at. Facebook is a source of data and has been quoted just this past week as a statistician of Facebook in The Guardian. Yes. 
And um, so thank you for, 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 for pointing that together. That's an important statistic. I don't know if that's been put out elsewhere. Yeah, I haven't seen it anywhere. I mean, I, I think it's a, it was interesting. Like, it's uh, no matter what, you know, whether or not it's 10% or not 10%, it is higher than the, the normal, like, what I'll call the general Facebook population. So clearly huh. there is a higher LGBT presence that are fans of or interested in Gen Con. And going to that show and knowing gamers, they tend to, there's a large LGBT contingent when it comes to gaming. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah. From from casual observations, it seems like there is a very large contingent. Noted. Yes, yeah. Um... So yeah, so I mean it's it's been awesome. We'll of course be following this to the end. Gen Con's kicking ass. Um it's a great show, family show. Uh, wherever they wind up, you know, hopefully it's closer to me. Um in the future yeah, if they I, leave Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> it should totally re, you know, move everything to New York City because we have got really great laws um supporting undocumented workers and workers' rights and LGBTQ and Definitely. You just do everything in New York. We'll, we'll take your business. Thank you very much. I, I vote we'll National Harbor. We'll be... <laughs> you want it all in Baltimore. I understand. No, I don't know if Baltimore's a sanctuary city for immigrants, but I think it probably is, so okay. This will be outside. But... No, National Harbor outside of D.C., not not Baltimore Harbor. Not that National Oh, area. okay. Plus, there's a casino opening up in like two years, so I'd have gaming and gaming. Ugh. Um, uh, but anyway, yes. Uh, so next topic, we gonna we talk Batgirl now, the depressing problem. Yes, let's talk about Batgirl. <laughs> he sounds so excited. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those who have not been uh, paying attention to the internet, um, last week, two weeks ago, uh, DC showed their solicits for June of 2015, uh, one of which was for Batgirl number 41. Um, the variant of the month is a Joker theme. Um, the Batgirl uh, cover was by Raphael, Raphael Albuquerque, um, very, very talented artist, and uh, he did a cover that was kind of a homage, evoking the Killing Joke classic story from DC Comics, where Batgirl is kidnapped, uh, her alter ego, Barbara Gordon, is kidnapped, uh, stripped naked, shot in the spine, um, tortured all by the Joker to drive her father crazy. It was supposed to be kind of an Elseworlds uh, outside story by Alan Moore. At some point, it became part of continuity and has been around for 30, whatever, 30-something years, actually almost 30 years. Uh, It was done in 1988. Um, the story has since then, Alan Moore has kind of disowned it and called it, I won't say crap, but he said it has nothing interesting to say. Um, and even then, when it was released, it was very, very controversial. So the variant cover was released. Um, there, is a, there was a um, hubbub online. People, of course, were rather upset about it. One, for multiple reasons, partially because it didn't fit the tone of the new Batgirl comic. Uh, the other being that this was, again, playing off of a woman um, being tortured and weak and scared when none of the other covers had that. Um, you know, felt it kind of was the worst of the misogyny when it came to comics. Uh, since then, the uh, creator kind of, or the creator, not the creator, uh, the artist of the cover has 
uh, understood and kind of picked up on what people said and came to agreement and asked DC to get pulled. The creators of and the creative team behind the comics uh, series wanted the comic to get pulled from the beginning, so the cover is uh, totally gone. Um, part of that was a shit in the shitstorm was kicked up by uh, the jackasses of Gamergate. Um, and as usual, every time they've tried to move into the comic sphere, it's calmed down like a hammer and has gone nowhere, thankfully. So that's that in a nutshell. Please feel free to yeah. add stuff if I missed. No, I, you know, this story, I, I'm, I'm really pleased. I feel like overwhelmingly fans have understood this and have come down in the right way. I'm impressed by the artist and his reaction, um, you know, see, seeing how his work could be taken in this context, and and recognizing that yeah, it's not it's not the right fit for you know a, a comic book that has been particularly marketed to young women to like focus on a moment of their heroine like being tortured and raped, um, which is not to say you can't have that in your stories. It's to say that it's wrong that that keeps on being the story. And that um, that story is being told at the expense of like what is actually happening in the actual book, which has nothing to do with that. And that there are people who are reading the comic who who are too young to actually have that as the cover of a comic they were reading. Um, so uh, I was really happy to see the artist get it, and um, I think that it speaks well to DC finally understanding that their actions matter. Um, uh, that that that, that this, this this retracted. Um, it really though makes the point, which is like, if why why didn't DC listen to the to, like listen to the creators sooner? And who were the editors who didn't notice this before? And I believe that if they have more women in positions of power at DC Comics, you wouldn't have stuff like this happening all the damn time in the first place. So you know they would have known from the start like your comic that's being marketed to young women is not like the place you're going to have a celebra- a retread of the killing joke. You know, um, that, 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 that shouldn't have come on the public to call to them to remind them about that. Uh, but yeah, overwhelmingly the fandom is, seems to have to get it. So that's pretty cool. I actually have to Can ask. We stop at the stupid promo covers. Can we stop at the stupid promo covers now, please? Thank you. Yeah, well, there's that. Like, that, to me, is a whole other thing. Like, the, the very covers <laughs> is out of hand now, and they're back to reminding me of the, ni- the 90s and how horrible all the covers were back then of how out of hand mm-hmm. it was. The cover itself, like, forget the controversy. What was your thought of the actual artistry of the cover? It was okay. It wasn't, I mean, I, I didn't particularly like it, but it didn't have any, like, anatomy that made me want to poke my eyes out. Um might have been a little bit more distracted by the content than by really looking at the art itself, but um, I, it's no big loss to the to the world of art, you know. And um, I people have said that the artist was actually very good, so I I should probably check out some of this other stuff. What did you think? Uh, I I like the cover itself. I really really liked. Um, I thought it was very cool. I mean, the fact that I looked at it and immediately had a emotional reaction to it is a good thing. Like it did what it's supposed to. <laughs> Right, um, right. It wasn't just a blank thing. It like it, it conveyed something. Yeah, yeah, and like you could tell she was like really scared shitless and um mm-hmm. like artist artist wise I thought it was it was really solid. 
Um, to my my issue was tone. Like it, it just made no sense as far as the series and who they were marketing towards and and just what Batgirl is kind of supposed to be now. Um, it yeah. was just a massive disconnect. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, although, speaking of 90s covers, I actually want to applaud Batgirl number 39, I believe. Uh, 39 has, like, a totally 90s in the best way cover. Do you remember it? It, it was the black cover with Batgirl logo. And rather than saying Batgirl of Burnside, it has verses painted over in red. And she's just in black over a black background. And I had it on the table. And we just were looking at it. And we were like, this is the most 90s cover. It's like totally something out of um, Nightfall. Uh, so there, it's a different kind of retro, and um, we thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, no, that one I loved. Um, I want to say Edward did a review of it and had it as the, one of the banners on the site, and every time it would come up, I look at it and I'm like, oh, it looks so cool. Um, yeah. So that was like a really, really great cover. I mean, as a whole, Batgirl has been doing solid covers uh, with a new creative team. Um, it was weird. Don't, like, don't let anybody tell you that I never said anything nice about the 90s before. I mean, I might not have ever <laughs> said anything nice about the 90s before, but now you can say that I have said something nice about the 90s before. The the 90s did have interesting covers. I'll give the 90s that. As as one friend and I were talking of the, the back in the day of the Chromian uh, holographic whatever covers that were out there and yeah, but all that's back once again, showing the '90s haven't died. They've just took a while and are being mined again to boost sales um, in a horrible, horrible way. But yeah, that's a whole other thing. So yeah, so that can I should I, can I bring up the other cover, or do we not want to talk about that? Oh yeah, no, go for it. So, I, more I so because I want. I don't have much to add. All right. I more want your opinion. Like, so there was another cover for Curbstop. I've been fairly outspoken that I think the series title is pretty offensive and and pretty not again tone not thought out. Um, for those who don't know, Curbstop is an act where you basically put someone's mouth on a, a curb of you know side of the road and you smash their head in with your foot. Um, it's mostly been associated with uh, neo Nazis and Nazi Party. They used it heavily in World War II. Very disgusting act. Um, like it's well known, associated with that enough that it's on the you know the Anti Defamation League's website associated with neo Nazis. So the series, I think, horribly titled. Uh, they had a second cover for uh, the first issue, which sold out. This one actually showed the act. Came out the same week as Batgirl, or not came out, but like shown the first same week of Batgirl. Not a peep from anyone other than myself who wrote a commentary on it. Um, to me, the the that one is just as offensive and just as bad. Like I I'm disturbed every time I see it. Um, yeah. Like so, one the question would be, and feel and if I am off my marker on it, like you like you can see why someone would have issues with that cover, right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So I um, I knew about that mostly in terms of um, uh, skinheads and not in mm-hmm. terms of Nazi Nazis, but um, I, yeah, I was not comfortable with the title. Um, and the, the, the new cover is really, like, 
off-putting. And I, I didn't find it, like, causing, like, I, it wasn't, like, it isn't, like, terrible for me, but it's, but it's fucked up. I don't like it. I certainly wouldn't buy it. I certainly wouldn't tell anybody else to buy it. Um, but it, 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 it isn't, like, gut-churning to me. The, it, it, uh, it's just bad. That's Which kind of a sad scale, though. You know, <laughs> but yeah. Yes, but I didn't projectile vomit. Um. <laughs> it's interesting. For some reason, I have this real visceral reaction to it. Like the day that the series title was announced, I was actually shaking. I was so disturbed by it, and I don't know what yeah, it is I about remember. it. Yeah, I really don't know what the hell it was about, or what it is about that that just gets me. Um, yeah. Which the other thing is the I mean the other issue I've got is. The company that's publishing it, boom, they have a whole thing about pushing comics forward and getting it out to new um, individuals and having a like a broad sense of of comics out there for folks to check out. And yeah. they're putting out this comic that is tone deaf and kind of disturbing for, for a certain population. And it's just it's very weird disconnect between those two things. Kind of yeah. like the Batgirl cover. Yeah, I mean, I think that it wasn't as it didn't get such attention because most people don't know that comic, and um, not only is like Boom a smaller publisher, but like this is not a comic series that people have been paying much attention to. So I don't, yep. I don't look askance at the fact that it got less press, to be honest. Um, but I think well, it got no up. press. <laughs> right, no I don't think I'm not, I'm not offended like... that it got no press because it really would have gotten no press either way. But that said. Boom really should stop doing that because it's messed up. That would be so, my uh, final word on it. Yeah, so two interesting on that is one, um, a couple of people said, like, I had no idea, which I think kind of plays into it. They just don't know the history. Um, the other is, yeah. I, out of everything that I have ever written on the site, I had more creators reaching out to me over the, like, two or three articles I wrote concerning this anonymously coming to me being like, oh, we totally back you and we agree with this but we can't publicly say anything because we're going to get our careers fucked if we do. Wow. Who are the people? Like, that comic series is not, like, by people who are particularly known. I have no idea. It's so weird. But out of everything, like, I, it was about a dozen different creators had long conversations, like back and forth in email or on IM for like an hour at a time type conversations. Um, wow. Going back and forth, just talking about it and the industry as a whole and kind of this weird place everyone's in, why they can't really say anything. It was just a strange, every time it's just been a very strange like trip with those articles. I don't know what it is about it. Huh. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. It's odd. It's pretty odd. Uh, so clearly. Um, yeah. And they agreed. And the other is every everyone agreed and said that was not. It's not uh, inclusive and welcoming. I think is a lot of what uh, everyone kind of said. In other words, what I was saying. Yeah. It's just it's very awesome. Um. Okay. I guess enough of that. More onto more fun stuff. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, um, this past weekend was Emerald City Comic Con, which I would say is probably the first big convention of the year. Um, followed up next weekend is WonderCon, but Emerald City is where a lot of announcements start kicking off, and really what I would say is the beginning of convention season. It takes place in Seattle. Great convention, haven't been um, uh, very... I know they do a lot for safety of cosplayers and kind of go out of their way. Um, I think they just got taken over by New York Comic Con, Reed Pop, so yay, because Reed Pops are considered a friend of the site. They've been very good to us. Um, but great things came out of the convention. Everyone seemed to love it and have a great time. Tons of news coming out of it. So um, I'll, I'll start with Dark Horse, because Dark Horse had um, the easiest to round up. Ten new series is uh, were announced. Uh, going th- quickly through them, uh, The Return of Barb Wire, the 1990s... Uh, bounty hunter who was played by Pam Anderson in the movies. Um, a new oh, series can, I, called... can I offer my can I offer my yay or nay after each one you say? Yes. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, I was going to do the go through and then we could do that, but we'll go one at a time. Okay, it'll be quick. Go yeah. for it. Barb Wire, nay. Okay, that's generally mine. Mine. There's some things in the '90s should be left to die. Uh, King, King Tiger. I don't know much about it. Uh, Monster Secret from King Tiger's Past has found the Mystic Warrior, but can Tiger's skills and sorcery triumph? Basically a kung fu story. Eh. Okay. Uh, negative Space. This one I, I'm going to go with uh, sounds kind of cool. Uh, one, man, one man's writer block uh, gets in the way of suicide note. He goes for a walk to clear his head and soon uncovers a century-old conspiracy dedicated to creating and mining the worst lows of human desperation. It's an interesting concept. I'm not going to read it, but, you know, it's an interesting right. concept. Uh, the Tomorrows, a bold new uh, speculative fiction comic for the mind of writer Curtis Pyers, or Kurt Pyers. Uh, future or art is illegal. Everything everyone ever posted online has been weaponized against them. The reign of the corporation is quickly becoming as absolute as it is brutal unless the Tomorrows can stop it. They told you counterculture That I want dead. to read. <laughs> that I want to read. That sounds like an interesting science fiction series. I think it's it's doing something I haven't seen in other series really play with yet. Um, I, I I'm, want, I'm really intrigued by that one. Uh, I want to say Kurt Pyre, Pyers did a series called Pop, also from Dark Horse, that did a lot with uh, like fame and um, celebrity. So uh, yeah, he did Pop, which is another very similar themes. So they, they should kind of go together and be kind of cool. Um, Deathhead. When Niles and Justin Burton go camping to get a break from their stressful lives, they expect to find peace, not an abandoned village hiding an ancient evil. Ooh, sorry. Actually, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm going to save you time. I wasn't really interested in any of the other series. <laughs> well, well, so I'm one so, that you should... I'm into tomorrow, though. Yeah, tomorrow sounds really cool. So one I will say that you should check out. Uh, Zodiac uh-huh. Star Force is they're an elite group of teenage girls with magical powers who have sworn to protect our planet against dark creatures as long as they can get out of class. Known as Zodiac Star Force, these school girls aren't just combating math tests, they're also battling monsters, not your tip after-school activity. An evil force from another dimension infects teenager Emma. She has to work with her team of magic-powered friends to save herself and the world from the evil Diana and her mean girl minions. So here's why I'm not super excited about that. I looked at the okay. promo art, and all the girls are white. So if you're going to relaunch Sailor Moon, which, like, I can totally get why someone would want to do that. Sorry, Emma. Emma's going to say, like, no, there's no reason to relaunch Sailor Moon. <laughs> but um, uh, why would you do that with all white girls? Uh, good point, and not something I necessarily thought about. 
Um, so I have read this comic already, or at least the original. Um, is, so, it, is it all white girls? Am I correct? Because it was just uh, promo art that I saw. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I yes, from what I mean, I read it a long time ago, but yes, um, the series was actually came out in like a very small mini indie comic um, done by uh, a creator who works at one of the local comic shops uh, in DC. So kind of cool to see hit more of a national stage. The story's really cool. The white thing I didn't think about, but that's that is a whole that's something I have to think about now. Uh-huh. No, it's a good point. Like, really quite it's not something that really hit me. Uh, yeah. Well, that, that's why I'm here. I'm here for that and also <laughs> to make sure somebody reads the sword and sorcery books that you would avoid. Those are, those are my two contributions to the show. Thank you. <laughs> not a bad thing. It's good because it's clearly not something I it, it needs. So. Okay, I keep one. you around so somebody can... I keep you around so someone can summarize Supreme Court cases and read all the fighting robot stories that I don't want to read. So You read Giant Robot Warrior uh, Maintenance Crew, which reminds me to bring that one up because that is awesome. Um, so that was all of Dark Horse Asimuth and a couple of other areas, all of them. They sound interesting. Um, so, yeah, so that was that. Uh, IDW had some announcements. Um, I don't think anything really jumped out at me. Um, Godzilla series. Uh, the only thing I think that was interesting for really interesting for my IDW is Kevin Eastman is now exclusive to them. Uh, Eastman created uh-huh. Teenage Mutant Turtles, so that's kind of cool. Um, they, they also have a book coming out about Godzilla Goes to Hell. Yeah, Godzilla Goes to Hell. Yep. What I find so amusing, and I'm not like a Godzilla person. I should have checked this one before coming out on this. Is this implies that Godzilla has a sort of level of emotional agency that would like make him go to hell. Like he said that he is a giant lizard who is capable of holding morals of some kind, and that this is going to be like the long dark night of Godzilla's soul. And that's hilarious to me. <laughs> that's like ridiculous. <laughs> like what the hell? My dinosaur so, is depressed. <laughs> well, I'm totally with you on that one, and thought the same thing. He's a giant lizard. Yeah. I find it fascinating until some reason is uh, matters. I thought I would think the hell for Godzilla would be well, goes to the zoo or something like that. Well, um, yeah, a planet that's just Mothra's. Only Mothra's and no buildings. <laughs> that's what Godzilla's hell is. Uh, yeah, so the series is actually literally called Godzilla in Hell. Um, but yeah, well, we're just gonna kind of go with that. So there's one one series that sound, does sound interesting to me is called um, Stream Divers. Um, the comic series blending a team of robot adventurers and string theory physics by Ashwood. Huh. Yeah, it, it sounded interesting. I think that was kind of their big announcement. And there was one other series called Onyx. Which this kind of sounds like sort of sorcery from uh, uh, Gabriel Rodriguez did the art for Lock and Key, so that I'm kind of looking for you, um, just because Rodriguez does some kick-ass art and the cover looks pretty badass. But that's a whole other thing. Um, so that was IDW. The uh, DC talked a lot about convergence, not really giving a whole lot other than everything converges in convergence. Well, no shit. 
Um, Marvel yeah, kind of gave their, their promotional <laughs> materials are just irritating and stupid. <laughs> yes. Uh, then Marvel gave um, was hyping, or at least they gave a lot, of very little answers towards uh, about Secret Wars, which is coming up, and that was, I think, the final, really the final announcements that came out of that. Um, they they did say something about the future of the X universe when it comes to uh, Secret Wars, which was taken out of context or at least kind of spun as to what it meant. And then clarify today, so either Marvel can't keep their answers straight, or really likes hyperbole and don't quite understand that hyperbole leads to exaggeration in blogs. Or it's yeah, all I, and they are super intelligent marketers. I really, I really, I read that statement they issued earlier as meaning that they were going to shunt the X Men into their own universe, for, uh, unspoken reason for the sake of the, the movie series, and, and um. I guess that's not the case, but I totally misconstrued the statement the same way many others have. Yeah, which is interesting. Cause, so, um, when, when I read it, like I can tell everyone kind of take, take it that way, where I read it more as um, it's a chance for them to kind of like shake up the X universe a, a little more than they normally do and give them a new status quo or at least a new function within the Marvel Universe. My prediction is, and we talked about this, is I think it's going to be more like it was 10-ish years ago, where every so often they would kind of dip in and dip out of like the main Marvel Universe, but they were kind of in their own little area. Um, just like Spider-Man was kind of his own little area, and I'm trying to think some of the other folks it wasn't quite as integrated as it is now. Um, I think it's yeah. going to go back to that. And you'll every so often kind of dip in and out and cross over and there might be a mutant on the Avengers, but um, it's not what it is now where things are very, very tied in and the X-Men are fighting S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I think that that's actually okay. Like, it should feel special when you have an issue and you're like wow, Captain Marvel's visiting the X-Men. I mean, I know that in the 80s for a period of time she hung out with them a lot, but normally she does not. Um, so, like, I, I do think that there's, like, it's sort of cool when you have the world to be contained enough and that when there's a crossover it feels special rather than just making everybody have to buy a ton of comics for no reason. Um, you know, but I do feel like, you know, you know that they are going to try to sort of have the Inhumans fulfill the role in the main Marvel universe that was once held by the X-Men, and that that's, that, that just does feel commercial, like a commercially motivated decision to me, but whatever. So my, my, so my prediction post-Secret Wars, and I think Marvel and DC actually got the same idea roughly at the same time, is that they are going to um, be are going to be making it easier for outside individuals to pick up comics. So it's not uh-huh. going to be everything interweaving with each other. You pick up your Avengers comics, your X-Men comics, or your Spider-Man comics, and read those and enjoy those, and things are going to be a bit more compartmentalized to make it easier for outside folks to hop in. Because that's where Marvel and DC need to go to start pulling in outside readers. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. So... I think Convergence and Secret Wars is both of these companies figuring out a way to uh, 
better, I don't, say, I don't know how, what you would call it, um, making it easier entry points or following points or starting points, like I don't know what you call it. Things aren't going to be as confusing yeah. for new readers. <laughs> That's good. That's a good admission of ours, you know, so. Uh, totally conjecture. I have no proof on that. Just a gut, gut feeling. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's it for Emerald City. So on to comics for our last 15-ish minutes uh, of the show. So what have you been reading? We, just sort we of, haven't had these discussions yeah, we for like a while. It's been a long time since we talked about that. So um, I am now officially completely hooked on Gotham Academy. I, I always enjoyed the book, um, but it was sort of something that I like the art, I was happy that a book like that existed because I felt like it had potential to bring in young readers, female readers, um, Hogwarts CN fans. But now I'm officially just super into the book. Um, the, something happens at the very, very end of the most recent issue that had me shouting out loud about, oh, God, why, no, no, um, in a car with other people in it. So that's, that's that's a pretty high level of emotional investment for me in wanting to in, in, in like cause something some there's a, somebody very important and more tied to the broader bat world is going to be making uh, his or her way into the series now and my jaw was just like dropped so it's gonna the series has been great and it's only going to get more interesting. Um, and uh, I really do think folks need to start picking it up if they haven't. It seems to be one that's like... Do you want to do one of yours? Yeah, so I was going to say, so Gotham from the buzz, I'm issues behind, but um, people, I mean, it's one that actually has taken off and people seem to really, really like it, which is fantastic to see. Um, so the one, and I always bring it up and I can feel your eyes roll every time I do, uh, so ITW's Transformers series has a big event that's going on. <laughs> I, like I know you don't. My eyes aren't it. rolling. They're not. They're not. It's okay for there to be things that I don't like. Really. I know. Um, so they've got a big event coming up called, or that started called the Combiner Wars. Um, it's been really, really interesting. It has to do with a whole bunch of like lost Transformer races, and now they're getting to the religion of this other planet, and it. It's very and a lot of political uh, back and forth and, and um, maneuvering, which has been very very cool. Uh, so I I've been in love with it. The uh, Margaret Margaret Scott Margaret I always mispronounce her first name. Uh, who's been on the show is writing uh, uh, the Windblade portion of it, which is really really cool. Uh, so she's getting her hand in uh, the Transformer series even more and kind of knocking it out of the park and. Uh, just basically a giant event that actually feels like a giant event and very, very cool. Mm. That's cool. And you're right. That doesn't happen every day. Yeah. Um, that's great. So uh, one comic that I know we're both completely obsessed with is The Wicked Plus the Divine. Yes. I similarly had a loud and enthusiastic but anguished in this case, anguish, whereas the other one was more just shocked and excited. Uh, vocalization at the end of reading our most recent issue, issue nine. Um, I was really hoping that uh, 
for once something would well not for once uh, but that I was really hoping that I was really hoping our heroine was well mm, I don't even know where to begin on this but yes everybody needs to start reading this book it is probably the best book that's coming out now the art is always stunning the writing is really sensitive the page breakdowns are more creative than I've seen in other series um, the characters are very real but very creative the clothes are awesome the cultural references are all in there, and it's very funny when it wants to be. But should I yeah, mention I the spoilery thing? Yeah, feel free to do the spoilery thing. Okay, yes. if you guys don't Spoiler. read this book or haven't read the most recent issue, you should just skip for like, I don't know, 30 seconds, maybe a minute at most, not longer. I was really hoping Laura was going to get laid and have a nice time. You know, is that too <laughs> much to ask? I, I feel like she deserves it after the kind of a year she's had. And um, I just get the feeling that that isn't what happens in the time that we were away from her. Uh, on the other side, I am officially, like, really not happy with Anonke. I do not trust her at all. And what finally sealed it for me is why did she tell um, Baphomet about the Prometheus Gambit might work for him. Like, why would you tell somebody that unless you were trying to start trouble? Um, so one theory I've heard is that after all this time, she's bored and she's trying to start to create some sort of a change. But I'm not sure if I buy that as a reason. What the hell do you think, Brett? So that uh, as funny out of everything. That's the one thing I, I really stood out at me. Uh, I think it was, what, issue nine? That yeah, that happened yeah, so out of that entire issue, other than, like, the huge revelation of the 12th, is it the 12th God? Um, the 12th God! Yeah, the, which I saw coming. I was like, there's something more with that particular character and the big reveal. Oh, well, yes, but I saw it, but I didn't see it coming until I totally saw it coming. So when did you start seeing it coming, is my question to you. So in the, uh, towards the beginning when she was kind of, like, at events and trying to interview people, I was like, "There's, there's something more to this character than her just being an annoying um, press person. Like, there's some, there's something is going to be done with this." Um, and it was probably like two or three issues ago that I'm just like, I have a feeling that she will wind up getting powers somehow. I didn't necessarily being see being a god, but I thought. Uh. It was, she would wind up having some power somewhere, somehow, um, at some point. But, well, it was clear that Cassandra was an important character in the story because of how they treated yeah. her. But I, I, as soon as I saw Anante, like, invited her over, basically, and the comic had sort of in, had implied something about, like, the missing 12th god, that's when I was like, oh, shit, it's going to be her. And I had no idea that was the case until, like, this most recent issue. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's what's going to happen. And I was very pleased. Because I feel in some ways, the good storytelling, um, you know, there shouldn't be anything that's completely come out of left field, no way to predict it, because that usually means it's not in the story in any way. But a story yeah. like this, just right before it's about to happen, it's kind of like, you're like, oh, God, it's all coming together. Really well done. Do you have strong opinions on Laura's need to get laid? Question mark. Uh, I feel like a lot of those characters need to get laid. <laughs> a lot of them are getting laid, though. I feel like Laura is the main person who's not getting laid. 
Yes, she needs to. She absolutely needs to. Thank you. Um, I'm so stuck at her. She's crying and, oh. Okay. Yeah. It, uh, it's, like, it's interesting. I have no idea where the hell the series is going or what's going to happen. But, you know, clearly someone is manipulating it all, and I think we have a better idea as to who it is. But at the same time, I don't trust anything that's, like, presented in front of us. Right. Right. You really can't. You really can't. It's true. Yeah. But do you think Anake is just trying to start trouble? Well, yeah. Why would you talk about the Prometheus Gambit unless you wanted to? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, that's... uh, that's my one, like that's the only thing I'm when I picked up on that when it was mentioned I'm just like why is it being mentioned like that's a very odd thing to say from someone who's also very clearly um, calculating in what she says. Mhm. And I would also just add there that like I have been wondering what what's up with Baphomet. Like in fact, the Baphomet's not actually a deity. Quote, and I love this quote. No matter what Alistair Crowley tells you, and you should probably just ignore him. I was saying something to that extent. Was such a great quote. Um, that that finally came up. I've been wondering when that was going to come up. Because yeah. yeah, Baphomet's not a deity. It's a corruption of the word Muhammad, uh, that, that was then attributed to be the god of the heathens who we were fighting and in the Holy Land. Um, so it was like a demonization of an actual religion. Like, it was just anti-Muslim propaganda that came back out of the Crusades. There never was actually anybody called Baphomet. But people were people in the past were really extra bad at pronouncing the deities of other religions. You know? Like, there's no J in the Hebrew language. So how, how do you end up... Well, whatever. You see where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow. Yeah. Um... It was about time somebody talked about that. <laughs> yes, that was. Uh, it's been interesting. Like it's it's one of those series that I don't ex- like. I can make my guesses. I think what's coming like going on, and I read it and be like, okay, maybe this means this. Until it is spelled out for me, I don't trust it. Unless someone actually states something as fact, I don't trust what I'm reading in that series. Mm. Which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been giving a lot of Karen Gillan comics to, lo- to loan to people lately, and it really does remind me how much of a surprise he can throw in on things. It's and also good. just how wonderful he is with his characters. I love it. Yeah, it's it's great. Like, it's a fantastic series, and I guess I will finally go and read Phonogram and whatever the, is it two volumes? Uh, there's two volumes, and the third is coming out this summer, and you definitely need to read them. They are amazing. Yes. I, I know I need to read them before the third volume, so I will I will go and finally do that. I know I, I should have and should have a while to go, but this is giving me the, like, the reason to, because it's really, really freaking good. Um, we all need more Karen Gillan on our life. <laughs> yes. Uh, so another series, I'm not really a series, it was a trade that I just read, um... So all done. I'm hoping it gets another volume. Speaking of giant robots, it's a series called Giant Robot Warrior Maintenance Crew. <laughs> um, so instead of like the pilots of Voltron, this is about the people who work inside the robot to keep it working. So like running mm. around and putting duct tape every over all the things and arguing with the pilots and being like, no, you can't use your giant sword again. 
we don't have the power for it, and you're about to destroy the entire robot and shake it apart. Um, really, really funny series. It uh, it's got like if if you're a fan of series like Robot or Voltron and Robotech and all that stuff, they're like it's. Uh, clearly loves that as well, and also mocks it mercilessly. Um, I I loved it. I think it's a really really funny series. Um, probably how I mean, like no one's heard of it, but well worth it if folks are working for it, looking for like it's a good laugh. You know, I'm wondering this might be like your version of Rat Queens. You know, like Rat Queens is to me as like a person who likes Dungeons and Dragons and and that kind of thing. And yours is, as with the robot guy, is, what's the name again? <laughs> it's giant, giant, giant robot, robot maintenance crew. <laughs> yeah, that's your version of Wacker. That's like the, that's like the rat queen so for people who are like Brett. I think we can say and that now. Thinking of the tone, actually it is. Um, and I do actually yeah. like rat queens, which is funny. Out of as much as I dislike Good. fantasy, I like rat queens. Okay, I'm, I'm cool with that. I like off-the-rail fantasy. So I like Skull Kickers and Rat Queens and Jim Zub doing uh, Pathfinder, which was another like off the rails D and D ish story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. High fantasy, um, I think, is what I have issues with, like Conan and, or not necessarily Conan, but yeah, I want my lone. It's okay. Fantasy. You can say it. You can say it. Speaking of fantasy, you know what else I'm enjoying actually? Fantasy. Is that? Hey, this is Angela, agent of Asgard. Um, I'm, I, uh, the art is quite lovely. Um, I am intrigued by the latest plot twist. I'm really excited about the awesome, uh, transgender lady character who is the love interest of the protagonist. And how often do they do that? They don't do that ever. So that's pretty freaking awesome. Who also has body diversity and is also a woman of color. And is also just a really funny, interesting, witty character who I like to have around. Like, Sarah is a great invention. And I'm glad that the series will be surviving the uh, secret wars because we, I think it's, I mean, it's like Karen Gillen, for Christ's sake, and like Marguerite Bennett, and it's just going to get better and better. And the jokes with the Guardians of the Galaxy, of the Galaxy in the last issue all landed very well. Yeah, that's one I need to catch up on. I'm, I'm issues and issues and issues behind, um, as I am with a lot of comics. So I'm I'm doing trade pickup basically, though so I'm reading them individual issues. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just got be far behind on a lot of stuff. Um, so I've been reading a, a lot of the the review copies that we've been getting. Um, tons of image. The stuff that's really been sticking out for me is um, Black Science. I look forward to it every single uh, issue. Nailbiter. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Image what? is just is killing it. What is? Tell me more about Black Science for our listeners who might not be familiar with the series. So Black Science is a um, kind of a multiverse jumping series with... Um, these guys that are like evil, I wouldn't call them evil scientists, but they're, they call themselves like the anarchist scientists. Uh, they create this um, device that allows them to jump from universe to universe, and it's like an evil, horrible uh, corporation that has them that had them do it, um, and everything just goes really, really awry. It's Rick Remender. The art is Matteo Scalera. The art's freaking awesome, and um, 
I just dig it. Like, it's one of those that anything can happen. They're fighting giant worm-like beings in one episode, and or one issue, and then another one, they're fighting, like, these high-tech guys who are trying to purge them with fire to kill a disease that they think they're carrying. Characters get killed off and come back, and, yeah, it's bonkers. Bonkers is the best way of putting it. I definitely like the art. It's something I plan on reading. It's cool. It's really, really interesting. It's one of those series where you're not going to like anyone, but for some reason it's really entertaining. Cool. So for me, my next book I wanted to highlight is Thor. Um, Thor like had a literal smackdown of sexist comic critics. Like mm-hmm. Text within the text that was better done than any sort of meta-comic response I'd read before. It was hilarious, and it was right on, and it landed really well. Um, I, too, am intrigued just to figure out who is the new Thor. Um, You know, we have different theories. I was saying Bobby Morris. You were thinking it was the doctor who was a S.H.I.E.L.D. scientist, who it looks like Thor is also questioning as well. We now know it's not Dr. Jane mm-hmm. Foster, who, oh, my God, is totally going to die of cancer. That's really freaking sad. Um, but that mystery, they're, they're getting a lot of mileage out of that mystery without me resenting it. Uh, I actually thought, based on the cover of the last issue, that they would be revealing it in this issue, and I was excited about it. But I wasn't disappointed that they didn't because they, I'm okay with them dragging it out a bit longer if they need to, you know. I'm okay with that. Uh, are you are you reading Thor? I can't yeah, I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's one I am. Um, mostly because I want to see if I'm right or not. Um, <laughs> I thought they were going re- <laughs> to reveal it too. This one, and they weren't. I still think it's Rosalind. Rosalind Solomon, just because I love the idea of Jewish environmentalist who's also a Norse deity. Yeah. And shield agent. And There's something true. entertaining about it. Um, so one more that I'm really enjoying, it's a Monk Brain series that is now finally seeing print. It's two issues in, it's called Dave. Um, it is about... I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you say, can you say, you're breaking up, can you say I'm that sorry. again? Uh, yeah, so the, the series that I really like is, uh, a Monkey Brain series that is now seeing print with IDW, and it's called Dave. And it's about a uh, warrior robot who is now working um, the uh, like a desk job, and of course like hates his life, and just dealing with the monotony of life after being this kick-ass like war hero. And it's all about robots. I have a robot theme apparently this this episode. Yes, I forgive you. <laughs> um, can't, can't help it. Um. So uh, I'm also really enjoying Silver Surfer, but the end, I mean, that was the last issue. It had a sad ending, but not completely tragic, Lord knows, but certainly of not full closure and some love lost in there. And I'm wondering, you know, how these strings may continue into the next series. I don't really know. Um but you know, it was a, it's been a good series, and the art has been fantastic, and um, it's had its own feel. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's good. It's not like amazing. It's a good series. It's not an amazing series. Um, 
but the art has been really first class, and the, the ending was sad. I don't know. Um, curious to see what comes next. I'm behind on that one, so I, I can't make comments. Um, trying to think of what else that I would like to really jump in. One that's actually surprised me that I really, really enjoy is Archie's relaunch of the former Red Circle characters and their new Dark Circle imprint. They've got one series out so far called The Black Hood. Um, the big deal was the second issue was out last week and is the first Archie comic to ever have the word fuck in it. Um, huh. Which is interesting. The, this, this is basically like a hooded justice character um, was out there, winds up getting killed accidentally after this by his cop, um, who also gets injured in the line of duty. He winds up kind of sterling in uh, drugs and depression after being injured in the line of duty and kind of takes up the mantle. It's a it's uh-huh. really fucked up, dark series. I lo- like It's really good. I love it so far. Two issues and really good. That sounds intri- interesting. I'll have to check it out. Um, I'm enjoying X-Men. I haven't read X-Men for a long time, and then I heard on the, one of my favorite podcasts, which is uh, Rachel and Miles explain the X-Men because someone needs to. I'm sorry, because it's about time someone did is the name of the podcast, and you all should listen to it because it's, like, amazing. Um, they had interviewed G. Willow Wilson, and that's how I found out that she was going to be writing a short run on X-Men. So I just picked up the first three books of that. I'll be getting the fourth when it comes out. Um, I love this, any story that features Monet Saint-Croix. She's, like, a great character I always enjoy. Um, there's an interesting sort of environmental connection happening there. Um, and uh, I love the references to Burning Man. It's a very character-driven issue. It makes a very good standalone. Like I said, I hadn't read X-Men for ages. I hadn't read X-Men since I stopped reading Brian Wood on principle. And um, you, you, it's, these four issues are ones you can just pick up and read. And they're fun, and you don't need any other, anything else to enjoy them. Cool. Um, the other, I'm trying to think what else. What, so one I actually kind of want to point out that's definitely very few probably people have considered it or, or thought about it um, that I think it kind of needs a little bit of highlighting. Uh, it's a series by Northwest Press who does a lot of LGBT comics. They did a fundraiser, or not a fundraiser, a Kickstarter for a series called Rise. There's going to be two issues. The first one came out last week. Um, and it's just an anthology of a bunch of people talking about various issues of, you know, of that kids have to deal with, of acceptance and all that. Um, really, really good series. And then Northwest has another one called Dash, which is kind of a, an old school detective story, but it just so happens the detective is also gay. Um, hmm. and it's it, like, that really has very little to do with it other than the crap he gets from the cops because it's in the like the 40s or 50, yeah, 40s, 30s or 40s. Huh. Um, so, oh, uh, interesting. It, yeah, so it's 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 subtle. It's not a mean thing, but it's a thing that's in there. Like, you know, there's the cop that is like, oh, I should be busting you for what you do. And the other one is, you know, another one who's a friend of his is helping him out a little bit. Both really, really good. Um, Rise kind of shocked me at how the quality of the writing in it and the art and how good it was and also how not LGBT-centric it was. It was more a lot about just, like, anti-bullying was the the message. Um, So it's great for everyone, even though Northwest is very focused on what 
you know their audience or what they put out. The actual uh, comic is not. What's the name of the comic one more time? Uh, Rise. R I S E. R I S E. Yeah. The other one is Dash. What's Dash? The Dash is the uh, detective one. Oh, like a reference to Dashiell Hammett. Got it. Um, very cool. Um, so one for me that I'm dropping is Black Widow. Um, the art is lovely as always, but the new the new twist in the story with her getting like kidnapped. I just again. I've been slowly falling out of love with the book. Well, it was never really love. I was slowly falling out of like with the book. And the new issue, I when I began to read over it, I just had this moment of, like, I don't really want to read this story about her regressing to childhood. It's not something I feel like reading. Um, you know, I, the art, the painted art is still stunning. Uh, it's one of the best-looking books out there. But I had to... I'm trying to pull the cord on some of my books because I'm going to have some new things I'm going to want to read. And um, I just uh, had to say that that one had to have its time for me. And Yeah. Understandable. Uh, I did a massive calling of books that I get pulled from my store. Uh, a lot of DC was on it, but a lot of them are going to be gone anyways. Um, I dropped a bunch of the Vertigo stuff that I was reading that I, you know, was good, but didn't really, like, I didn't need to read it every single month. Um, probably would be better read as trades anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, I probably dropped a good, like, dozen books. Mm-hmm. I need to. Um, and then It'll be interesting with all the cancellations. <laughs> it's going to be interesting with all the cancellations, so what's going to be around in two months anyways? Yeah. Um, and just one last book I've been enjoying has been Loki, Agent of Asgard. It, it won't fill the Karen Gillen-shaped hole in your heart that he is not writing a book about Loki right now, but it is funny and interesting and um, has been moving towards, I feel like, more serious, still funny, but serious in terms of like what it's debating territory about the inevitability of what happens to you when you get older and um, the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves and our ability to change who we are or not. And it's another one I need to catch up on. I'm behind on so much. Um, yeah, I think I pretty much have kind of covered everything. There's a lot of image, a lot of indie stuff. Um yeah, not as much Marvel and DC as I, I have been in a long time. Very shifted over the last uh, last month or two. <clears throat> um, cool. I think that's about it. We wrapping up yeah. the episode. That's what I got. All right. Cool. Um, so yeah, I think uh, to end the episode for anyone that wants to uh, speak out about SB one hundred and one and take action, you can. Uh, go to our website and uh, look for the latest Gen Con article. There is a link that will uh, take you to a page where you can write the elected officials and uh, uh, make a call to the the governor. I encourage everyone to do so. So, yeah. 
Um, and of course, follow us every you know every single day. We've got all kinds of news at Graphic Policy. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to do my best to keep up with the news of Marvel at the Supreme Court, uh, the case that everyone is not paying attention to. Um, but yeah, so you can follow and us. And congratulations on seven years, seven years of Graphic Policy yes. blog. It has been seven, seven years. I've I am shocked that it's been seven years. Um, and here's the seven more. And thank you for for being part of it. I really appreciate it. Uh, with the show and everything else. It's been fun. We're going to make it more fun. We're going to do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, so, yeah. We need to learn how to do the outros. This is the one thing we always, we always stumble on. Uh, all right. Backing up. You can catch us every single day at graphicpolicy.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, all at Graphic Policy. It nice and consistent. Until next time, I'm Brett. And I'm Ilana. And keep it geeky.